Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode here with your host, The D is Silent. Um, it is uh, December 1, 2022. It's about 2.40 in the afternoon. I'm getting off work. Just uh, want to talk about a couple things here. Get this episode built, get it started, get it going, get it out there because I'm reinvigorated and trying to established myself as being some sort of a entertainment fucking tiktoker fucking podcast twitter guy youtuber twitcher something again i'm really trying to get my brand out there and just get it established i don't need to be the next joe rogan podcast i don't even want to fucking be a jake paul i just want to be able to sit back and have like I don't know, like Liquid Death sponsor me and, you know, shoot me like $500 a month and get like, you know, like DeWalt tools or, or like, a, uh, I don't know, maybe like Revolver Magazine. I don't know, some low level sponsors and like and to get together they give me like a G a month or, or 1500 or 2000 a month. And, and, you know, and I got a steady audience of like a couple thousand, you know, listens per month, like. 5,000 listens a month or something. Something like that. So I'm reinvigorated. Here we are. I'm trying to build this episode. Um, As I just think about it more and more, I'm, you know... I see the light at the end of the time. I feel like I'm getting something going here. I'm I'm now trying to... I rebranded myself. um, My personal life. I'm I'm doing the podcast in DS Silent. My Twitter, the DS Silent, you know... Building up a good core group of people that I steadily talk to on there. Um, and just, you know, interact with. I interact with them. You know, interact. I mean, once you build up, like, a rep... A rep and that Twitter's hard to figure out because a lot of people don't get it. Uh, but once you get it down and then you can talk to, like, 10, 12, 15, 20 people on there. And you bounce ideas off each other and funny memes and this and that. You grow yourself like that. And I also, you know, trying my hand at the tick of the talks, um, ticky ticky talks, tic tacs, whatever. I don't know. I, I saying TikTok is so weird because I kind of feel like that's some lame shit. It needs to be cut down. Like Twitter is tweets, Facebook is FB, uh, Instagram went to Insta. Uh, but how do you cut down TikTok? Um, you know, it's kind of hard. But anyways, reinvigorated here. I'm getting this episode built. I'm going to build it again. Um, and and I'm on this platform, on Anchor and on all my podcasting, I like that they give you like an hour to do it. So that's why I try to keep my episodes to like an hour just of talking. Uh, get the thoughts out of my head. Like I, I watch a lot of shit and it's always good if you... Like, if you're into something, you play a video game, let's say Call of Duty, and you talk with your friends, you're like, dude, oh, I played this match, and this is what happened here, and some motherfucker was over here popping caps in me with, you know, across the no scoping, and you, you build a little thing like that, and I kind of feel like that's what I do with these podcasting, just talk about the things that, you know, it's good to talk about them, um, and just you know, ultimately get my thoughts out, like, and then, like, again, I like to keep a record, and for all of infinity, 
of the things I've experienced in my life. Um, so maybe one day if I have a kid and they go back and just fucking, you know, re-listen to all my shit. If I should pass away, you know, sometimes you got to think about those things as old as you get. But as I build my brand, as we get this going, we're, we got the juices flowing to me again. You know, sometimes I find it kind of hard to keep up with the pace of doing like one episode a week or one every two weeks. It's very hard. Actually, if you sit down and think about it, like nobody has the time to do that shit. That's the hardest thing about doing podcasting is finding the time, the energy, the strength to do things. Even though you do things anyways, like who doesn't go to the movies once in a while? Who doesn't watch the Super Bowl? Who doesn't go to a concert? Who doesn't go drinking um, and having a good time at a party or a banquet or something. Who doesn't sit down and watch murder shows on TV? You, you know, who doesn't run into like, hey, yeah, I live in Hollywood. And I just bumped into Thor or something. And they would like to talk about it. Just like it was a cool experience. Something you'd be fascinated to um, to hear about, you know. And it's just kind of one of those things like, but to sit down and then talk about it. And I can kind of see like radio hosts. Like they get there's a job and they do it, and I can see they get burned out too, and it's just hard to keep the pace. Um, but as you you know, once you get, I've been into it now for a couple of years. I've been chugging away at it, gnawing away at it. You know, I got nothing but time um, to just build. And so, with all that said, let's get into this episode. Where again, we're reinvigorated. We're we're marching. I'm on a slow death march to the top. Uh, it's one It's one episode at a time. It's one topic at a time. It's one minute at a time. It's one thing at a time. But let's get to it. Let's get to this episode here. What did you guys feel about that Wednesday show on Netflix? Um, I can give you my thoughts about it right here. Right, I think it's about a 9.5 out of a 10. Little bit more than a nine, um, but about it. But it's it, it could have been. I, I mean, I've I did Wednesday the show is in rare air because it's one of the rare shows where I almost was completely satisfied each and every episode. Um, the satisfactory, the satisfaction you get from each and every episode is phenomenal. Um, it's an amazing. They did an amazing job of this, and and there's only there's only like for me being it was very close to being perfect. Let's just even give it a nine. Let's just go. And I'll tell you why I think it's a little bit more than a nine, but not quite a ten, somewhere in that range. Um, the the actress who plays Wednesday is phenomenal. I mean, they have. They nailed down her part to the T. Um, and, and I'm not sure if that's creatively written that way or if the studying, how much studying the actress did to do the role. Um, I don't know how that's what I don't know how much preparation work went into this. Um, because the Adams family. Even though it's been comes up every so often, it comes up every so often. Sometimes it's successful, like this last cartoon they did, the animated 
little movie they did uh, about two years ago. Maybe three years ago now. I liked it. I watched it. But I only watched it one time. It wasn't really... Didn't really stick. Per se. And it was a little bit over-exaggerated. Um, however, the old Adams Family movies that they did make... I think you remember about 15, 20 years ago now. Oh, those are classics. Absolutely classic. Um, that was... Uh, Richie's... Uh, I don't know if his name, if her name is Richie or not. Ricci, I don't know, Christina Ricci. I think it's Christina Ricci. Um, nailed Wednesday, but she wasn't the focal point of the Adams Family movie and drama of of those. Uh, as a matter of fact, and uh, more, that's probably one of my favorite versions of Morticia. Um, in Gomez as well, and also in Confessor, like it, that move, those movies, and those back in the day, if, if anybody can remember, uh, those were those were good Anna's families. I think that's why I think there's a part one and a part two. Um, but again, Wednesday wasn't the focal point. Neither was Pugsley. It was the whole family affair. Neither was Things or the the cousin. It none of them was a. Uh, the focal point. There was all the whole family together combined. Um, but again, I don't know how much studying or I don't know how much went into the preparation of the Wednesday character. But they, to me, this is exactly how I would feel Wednesday would play out in a scenario all by herself. Um, and they actually elaborated. On it, on it a little bit, and I kind of think that they, was, they they, they never gave, they never implicitly explained or, it was never a major focal point of the Adams family in the past being their supernatural connections. Uh, Uncle Fester has been he stuck a light bulb in his mouth and he lit it up. He has some sort of an electrical current running through his body, um, but that wasn't that wasn't the focal point of the show. It wasn't like, hey, this guy's got superpowers. Um, theme was also running around. That he they had a, a a hand that was basically severed from his body, but somehow walking around and moving. Um, Again, it's not really super. It's not in the superpower. It's in the, more the supernatural realm. Uh, and obviously, you're everybody's well aware of um, Morticia. I think uh, you know was is impervious to poisons and things of the nature. As they, I think, often frequently were drinking stuff that actually could kill you. Um, you know, and I'm not sure Gomez Adams also was a master hand-to-hand combat, which they didn't really get into in this one. But Wednesday, they kind of touched on this a little bit more, and I and I don't think they're they're jockeying Marvel or jockeying the superhero genre in any form, but they actually touched on the supernatural aspects of the of Wednesday and the Adams family a little bit more, a little bit more in depth. They they've expanded. Some things that I think have long since been kind of loosely associated with them, but never was the focal point. Um, but then in this Wednesday show, 
they they did elaborate on that a little bit. And I've kind of once they started uh I think the first episode or two Wednesday has visions um and she can basically see the future. That's when I was like, "Oh, okay, like this is making sense now where the show is going." And then they get she gets Sting and you know, and down the road, Uncle Fester comes and he's got electricity surging through his body. He's, um, you begin to understand, and I like how they spend enough time explaining how she's got, and they're not actually superpowers. But she's a she comes from a long descendant of, uh, I believe it's witches. They don't implicitly ex- tell you that it's Salem witch, but it is loosely around that genre of. You know, timepiece that 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 era of time, where the villain, the main villain in the movie is this guy named uh, I don't know if it's Joseph Crackstone or Jonathan Crackstone. I forgot. Um, I just know Crackstone is the last name. He is essentially some priest in the village, and he wants to round up all the outcasts, all the witches, all the monsters, so on and so forth. Uh, and burn them and burn and rid them of his town. There's uh, a la shades of uh, Salem Witch. Um, but as we get, I'm just like glancing over the story at this point. But that, I love that they they had some callings back to, I guess, what is the inception of where the Adams family truly originates from. And that, you know, it's going all the way back to Crackstone to. Um, I forget the name of the little town. Um, Jericho. You know, I guess they've been in Jericho this whole time. And anyways, anyways, anyways. Uh, they, they they really flushed out and ironed out a lot of different aspects of the Adams Family. Uh, even though not all of them were in it, you know, it wasn't their show. Uh, it was more dedicated to Wednesday, but they did they did get into a lot of different things. That's what, which is what I loved, absolutely loved about it because I was, uh, I think this series is eight episodes long, from uh, season one to season eight. I was completely hooked. Uh, once I got to like episode four, I knew I was like, damn, I'm finishing this. I, I'm not even focused on anything else but this Wednesday Adam show. Uh, but let's get, get let's get into it. So, uh, right off the bat, they they nailed the actress. And again, I don't know how much studying they went into to preparing. They nailed that. Every episode was good. Uh, even though it's a Wednesday show, they did show a little bit of the family. I was kind. That's what. That's one of the little nitpick things that I've got about it. I wish they had. A little bit more of the family, just a little. Bit. I was like, mm, I could do with a little bit more. Like Pugsley was only in it for like twenty minutes of the eight hours and runtime it had, which was kind of like, yeah, because Pugsley was one of them, was one of the more playful characters that they got. Uh, Morticia was only in it for a little bit, you know, and again they nailed. I, I love that they nailed the little the mom and daughter relationship really good. Um, Wednesday is not fond of her mother, 
Her mother still loves her, but it's got dark, deep, dark secrets. But she's keeping from Wednesday, and Wednesday's a know-it-all. Um, and they don't exactly. And but they have. I mean, it's kind of like. I don't know whose side you're on in their little tussle, but I mean, it's there and it's pretty good. You know, they pretty much. Um, they hit that out the park too, like. You know. And, and yeah, so that's just one thing I nitpicked about a little bit about it was that the family wasn't completely involved. But I mean, you have to take that into consideration that this show was almost explicitly a Wednesday show. It wasn't an Adams family show. So I don't know if people online, if there's any haters out there, they're probably hating on probably that one little aspect of it. And I'm not hating on it. It just kind of it was just kind of like maybe in the next ones they do, there's a little bit more family into it maybe they can build it up a little bit um and get it going a little bit more a little bit more family in it you know that's what kind of a, a wish i do have um you know moving forward the 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 show starts with her being at a, a, a school she throws piranhas because she ends up um, finding out that Pugsy's being bullied by a water polo team, I think it is, and she throws piranha in the tank. And I and initially people were thinking that the that um, the piranhas were shooting at the guys. Like I knew from the trailers, I was like, "Yo, they're pro- they're probably gonna have you know castrate the poor guy." And it's true. I guess one of the pranas ate one of the guy's testicles, which was um, they elaborated on. And this show does elaborate on very adult themes. Uh, this show's not for the faint of heart. Uh, well, not for the younger crowds. Like if you're gonna plug your kid in, six years old, and watch some TV fourteen thing, that's not it. This should they should have went for a full TVMA. And I don't know if they that's actually what it's rated. I'm not hundred percent certain. But again, uh, very good, very good right off the bat. Uh, so she gets sent to Nevermore Academy. She gets a spell from one school. She gets sent to Nevermore Academy, where it's a school of outcasts. Um, with the how the houses sirens, uh, gorgots, werewolves, um, shapeshifters, uh, literally everything like. I, I think there's even mention of vampires in there, but there's you don't see any, which is kind of weird that I didn't know. I didn't, there was no vampire um, that had any focal point, but it's a, basically it's a school for all of them. Uh, and then Wednesday comes in. Now Wednesday immediately comes in and rustles everybody's feathers. Um, her roommate Enid was, uh, and I actually think Enid played a pivotal role in the series because. Enid um, was a direct. I mean, they got to bring some levity to the show because uh, Wednesday just does not smile. And the actress, again, the actress who got it, I mean, the stone cold face is just stone cold like 99% of this, of this show. Uh, doesn't blink, doesn't smile, doesn't even so much as make. 
a facial expression of anything. It's just stone cold dead eyes. Like it's an it did a phenomenal a phenomenal job, and I don't even know the the show could get away with so much because the actress that plays Jenna Ortega just does not. Uh, like I think they were like just make no facial expression at all, and she makes next to no facial expressions at all. Like she's like a, a walking, and I think they even touched it, but she's a walking Instagram filter. She's a walking silent film um, character. Like, like to me, that harkens back to like the silent film, which is where the Adams family actually comes from. Like the black and old, black and white show. And just to me, it's like, if if she wasn't making noise, you could you can tell her facial expressions without her making a facial. It's that good. So the CGI people and they probably had a field day because they were like, "Yo, our actress is fucking amazing," and we can get into all this other cool shit. Um, because we don't really have to do so much with the with the acting that is. Um. But as she meets Enid, Enid's like, again, a total 100% opposite. Um, they become a duo, you know. And it's eventually a story takes place. The story, basically, she gets to Nevermore. She's having these visions. She wants to find out about her mom went there. Uh, and people are dying. Uh, which you find out that they think it's a beast. But the guy who was ten, saying it was a bear. Uh, the principal, Weems, is covering everything up because... Uh, that's the only school for the outcasts, and I and I don't know. I kind of want them to bring back Weems. I don't know if it's possible to bring her back. Uh, spoiler alert: she dies at the very end. Uh, Miss Thornhill, who actually is Christina Ricci, is in there. Uh, plays a another pivotal role. I kind of at some point in episode three, I knew that they were like investigating these murders and I knew one of them was going to be it. I didn't have Thornhill being a part of it. I kind of figured it was a normie from outside the school who was pulling the strings. I kind of felt that that was the case. Like as the the story gets going on, who's murdering students and who's murdering people just in general. Um, and I figured I thought man, I thought for a second there it was the cop guy himself and his son who were doing it, like because the cop couldn't figure it out. And I was like, well, he's probably covering it up himself. But uh, there were, I didn't know until the very end. Like uh, the son ends up being the bad guy, uh, and he's picking a fight with Wednesday Adams for some reason. Uh, but the father has nothing to do with it. Miss actually, actually Miss Thornhill does. Um, and yeah, I mean, if we're, if we're talking about it, the story goes good. I mean, uh, again, Wednesday ruffles the feathers. She's got like three or four different interests. I think, I mean, Wednesday had her pick between a couple of different boys, uh, she could have easily been with. Uh, maybe perhaps even a girl or two. Uh, you know, the thing was phenomenal. Uh, yeah, and anyways, towards the end, that you come to find out that the, 
overall plan is Thornhill wants to rid Nevermore out of um, existence, period. And she's using what happens to be as a hide, as in uh, a Jekyll, uh, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. The, the son turns into a beast and kills people. When he has no control over her, finds out that Miss Thornhill actually has control over him and is collecting body parts to resurrect uh, Joseph Crackstone. Crackstone ultimately does get resurrected. They damn near kill Wednesday. Uh, but yeah, they, they, the story is so deep. I can't cover it in like 30 minutes or 40 minutes. Um, you find, somewhere, somewhere along the lines, you find out that uh, Wednesday Adams is actually a long lost, distant bloodline relative of Goody Goody Adams. I, I don't know if it's Goody Williams or Goody Adams. Uh, she's one of the original people that was trying to stop John jo- Joseph Crackstone from the jump. And at some point, it all went back to Wednesday meeting Crackstone, and he gets resurrected. They tried killing Wednesday. Goody comes in and resuscitates and helps Wednesday out, and then Wednesday is able to um, ultimately defeat Crackstone. They send him back with her, with help from her friends. Um, I like that she assembled a little squad of friends to help her. Enid turns into a werewolf after she wasn't able to wolf out all semester, which I kind of feel like that was a good, a good thing because. It would have been made no sense for her to wolf out beforehand up until the last second. And her wolfing out at the last second to save Wednesday is, you know, was right spot on. Uh, the sirens helped evacuate the school. Um, and there's just a lot. There's just a lot going on. Everybody has a little important role down the end. Um, even the archery, even her friend, the guy with the bees, uh, summoned a swarm of bees to attack Miss Thornhill uh, down the road. And long story short, you know, Wednesday saves the day. She ends up leaving the school because semester's over, and she's going home. But there's a st- there's a lot of loose ends. Um, the kid who ended up who was ended up being the villain of the show, the hide. Uh, it's still loose. Um, somebody else was pl- uh, playing some notes along the way, which I kind of feel like that is Weems. That kind of feel like Weems knew all of this and yet um, hadn't uh, hadn't said anything yet or wasn't willing to make a move. Um, Wednesday gets a phone, so we'll see how that goes. Uh, there's plenty of, there's plenty of space for season two. Absolutely crazy amount of space, uh, for season two. Uh, amazing soundtrack. We had, uh, I had Metallica and then they had Rolling Stones. Uh, they had her playing a cello and I'm not sure if she can actually play the cello in real life. Or if that's music written over it. But I mean that was good too. Um, 
there's so much there's so much involved in this Nevermore school uh, from her almost getting expelled um, to her almost dying. And again, the actress that plays Wednesday, uh, phenomenal. Every, all of it, top notch. The show is top notch. An, an amazing first season. Um, for a show again, this is, this is shades of Stranger Things one. Like it was that good. I, I think Stranger Things one and, and Wednesday season one, they're on par. And hopefully, they give Wednesday Adam three or four more seasons. Hopefully, we can get like you know, the season four out of it, or even five. Uh, And with that said, I'm already kind of wondering, is Netflix poising themselves? um, And this is where I'm kind of... So so let me get back to it. Let me get back to it. Before I jump ship... um, there's a couple of things that are keeping it from being a perfect, perfect series right out the gate from being one of the, probably one of the better shows I have seen in in any, in a, I mean, this is almost Lord of the Rings-esque. Uh, you got to take a little bit off the top for the family not being more involved. Um, you got to take a little bit off the top because the guys had... I, I think they're called Gorgons, the Medusa uh, tribe. Um, there's only one instance where that even comes up. Uh, they said, I believe there was vampires in there, and they didn't even touch on that like at all. The sirens had minimal impact, uh, and even though there was a whole, the school was full of them. They they could have flushed that aspect of that. I feel a little bit like because I like I was like, damn, she's in a school with. All kinds of crazy, you know, outcasts just like her and I. And she was actually an outcast of the outcasts because she didn't have, she didn't come to the school, but nobody knew that she had any sort of powers to her. Um, but obviously, and then they, and then there was a the realm of shape shifting, and obviously, Morticia is a witch by nature, and so is Wednesday. So I kind of feel like they, they can, they need. In season two, I hope they get into that more. Um, I would like to see some of these other people's powers used, um, being used, and being, you know, like I, I would like more of that myself. Uh, and then I kind of wish that it was like ten episodes long, eight, like and like even though I was fulfilled, like eight, I was like, oh no, it's over. I could do it. Like I could have done with a whole other episode. I think they're missing an episode in there. They could have done with like another episode. I just really wish that there was like just a little bit more. Aside from that, I, I gotta say one little knock was I kind of feel like um, as far as the school and stuff goes, you know, they could have had a little bit more. I feel as you know they had. I wish there was a little bit more um, to it as far as, like, okay, they didn't have, like... The school didn't do anything together. They had the one dance. That was cool. And then the normies attacked them. They should have done, like, a full-blown... I feel like they could have had the two schools fighting each other. I That's what I kind of feel like. They almost don't go back to the normie village. And they kind of... Even though they do, 
they they kind of don't at the same time. They only spend time in like the fucking coffee shop and like and that's it. And they were tending her to therapy. I think they could have done without the therapy either. That was kind of like eh. I, I think that therapy thing in there is the whole therapy, maybe maybe that's kind of just nitpicking as well. The therapy didn't really have to do with anything. They just made her go to therapy because they were like, oh, well, you need to go to therapy. But I think that was kind of pointless. Um, again, just some just some things I would have just done different. But, you know, aside from that, I think it's a flawless. It definitely gets a nine. You get to go nine and a half. I would even agree with that because I was just kind of like wondering. That's what I kind of was wondering. I was like, are they going to be in the school the whole time? Like, or in the woods? Like, they didn't get back really to the town. Like, and that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, are they going to get to like, is she going to get back to the school where she got kicked out? Are they going to end up, again, I was wondering if she's going to get back home for any reason. See the fam bam. Maybe that'll take place in season two. Uh, a little, I felt the eight episodes is a long time. It's, it's plenty of time to flesh out storylines and, and different things. And I just kind of, like, I was like, man, I want to see a little bit more family. There's just a little things that, just a little sprinkling of things I would have liked to do. They could have added another episode. Would I have loved for her to get home and get a letter there. You know, those pictures that she got that somebody took to her on her phone. You know, as she gets into her home Wi-Fi, like, and then all of those come in, like, yeah, you're being watched the whole way. Like, you thought you were scot-free. Like, that would have been dope. Maybe they could have done just cut out some of the therapy episodes, some of the other bullshit. Um, like the little, like, little love story. And I, I get it. I mean, if you're a young alt girl and there's these boys talking to you in... You know, obviously there's going to be a little um, love tension there. So I I understand that. I, didn't, I don't really complain about that. I just kind of was like, they could have done without her going to therapy. I thought that was kind of like a little bit shoehorned in there. But overall, good. But let me get back to it. So Netflix. I'm going to just come out and say, what the fuck is it going to take to get uh, 11 or L? Fucking Wednesday, uh, Sabrina, you know, a couple of these other big Netflix girls. What is it going to take to get them to team up? Um, I, I'm fully well aware that Netflix is a machine. Um, yeah, you know, I'm going back to that uh, again. I was like, I was almost expecting. Expecting there to be just a Stranger Things reference, or or a Sabrina the Teenage Witch reference, maybe a Riverdale reference. I was almost expecting it. Like, like I was like, if they if they would have hit, if they would have hit, like, oh, the next town over is, you know, where you know the Upside Down is, or I can't fr- fucking Harkins or Hawkins or whatever. If they would have put that Hawkins, you know, Hawkins is 30 miles away, has just a sign, I would have, I would have literally lost my mind. That that would have been a 10 out of 10. I would have erased everything. They could, Netflix should have put that in there 
all by themselves. It, could you imagine if Wednesday Adams uh, and all that shit that went down? And you know she's gonna get a uh, Wednesday's gonna get a season two, but her just driving down the road and seeing Hawkins thirty miles away, uh, and then Jericho like twenty miles the other way, and then you know the Adams family going off into their home. Like that would be the fucking sweetest shit ever. And I, and I actually think that they're they're heading that way. I think Netflix is willing to bring all them together. And actually, it's going to make a lot of sense. Because it'll be the ultimate uh crossover event on like a series type of deal. Disney and Marvel run the big screen. They have yet to do an assembly like that on the little screen that's successful. And I think if you pull together Wednesday, because I think Wednesday is absolutely a smash hit. You pull together Wednesday and you get Stranger Things. And you bring in also uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. And maybe you bring in like another show or two characters. And have them all, like maybe not fight, but kind of work together to separate... Some supernatural shit. I mean, that would be good. And I think Wednesday's probably they're ha- gonna be their hand to hand specialist, uh, hand to hand combat. That's what I feel like. L can do more of the psychic things, uh, or uh, you know, the force choking and things like that. Like her force power is phenomenal. Um. And maybe that's where they're going. Maybe that is where they're going. I hope that's where they're going. That that would be something I would love to see. At Netflix needs to bring me Wednesday Adams and L together on screen. I would love to see them interact. Give me give me Sabrina the Teenage Witch in there as well. Give me like another uh person or two. I would even say even maybe even I don't know about Bloom from Fate, but I I would have to see a couple more shows start really pinching together, um, you know, some of these bodies. I mean, maybe even perhaps, uh, you know, Jonah Bird. Is that a possibility? Jonah Bird coming in and financing some operation where, you know, he need they need guns, they need weapons, you know, and getting them over to... You know, to help the the town of Hawkins, you know, you know, what what what's it gonna take? What's it gonna take, Netflix? Let's get the let's get this shit together. Get it together, Netflix, because I have an idea of how to bring it all together, but we need to get we, we still need a Wednesday season two, and that's what the fuck I need. And this is this is running on like about forty minutes now. Uh if you haven't seen Wednesday Adams, uh go and watch it. I don't give a fuck. That was that was a good it was a good it was a good uh season series um nine and a half out of ten uh nine and a half out of ten two thumbs highly recommended um but when we come back we'll talk a little bit about fake the wing saga um season two is not looking particularly well so i hate to you know stop right here and leave it on a like a cliffhanger but maybe maybe i haven't finished i mean i should finish over this weekend and uh, we'll talk about that so hang tight Welcome back, or as I should say, I'm back. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit about Fate the Wing Saga, but I'm, I'm finding it incredibly difficult to finish. Uh, 
the episodes are kind of dragging on and now that I've I've heard that it's also canceled I can see why now this this latest season season two is just not as good as season one it's kind of like the order for me season one was phenomenal season two was a little lackluster and just like I didn't knock it out the park again for me uh, but I'm struggling to finish it. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, right now as it stands, I'm probably I'm on episode five of seven. Uh, the first four episodes, literally nothing has happened. Um, they got these things called the Blood Witches. And whatever. I don't know. They're trying to make those a big thing. Um, and it's just kind of like, just kind of dragging. I mean, I don't know. They the script or story was just not all there um it's just not as good as season one so as it stands i mean i don't know season one was maybe like seven or eight this one's probably less than that or like a six maybe maybe a five even depends on how it finishes out but that said i'm gonna pause on talking about that but let's talk a little bit about the guardians of the galaxy holiday special which i did enjoy uh, and compare you got to compare it to Werewolf by Midnight. Uh, as as far as it goes, a special presentation. I think Marvel should do more of those and stick to the series uh, as far as like characters that are more unknown. Um, that way you get a flesh out a little bit of story. And you don't have to do it in the movie. Um, but the special presentation was phenomenal. The Guardians of the Galaxy really had a lot of holiday cheer to it. Um, you know, you got to see the Guardians of the Galaxy. And I kind of think that when you look at the Guardians of the Galaxy, you think of aliens in space and, and how much goes into the budget. I mean, they probably spent a couple million dollars making that special presentation. And I kind of feel like it was money well spent. Because they didn't need to do, and I think the actor, you can see it in the actors actually just like they gave them a little a little task and they went ahead and did it. And it wasn't like over the top, it wasn't an over the top action sequence, uh, it wasn't over the top anything. It was just them like rehearsing a few lines, doing a couple things, the story moved. Um, and I think they, they managed to keep it, you know, let's say they spent like $8 million on that thing or $10 million. You know, you give Chris Pratt uh, his money, Drax or Batista his money, um, and everybody their money, you know, Vin Diesel his money. And then you gave it the rest to like the CGI. Comp- I mean, it was just, it, it was just enough CGI for you to make money, but it also wasn't over the top. All they had to do was like the spaceship and a couple of small things. Um, but that is something I did enjoy because they got it. They got obviously the biggest thing that you're going to want to understand is. I think Guardians of the Galaxy, this takes place after Thor. So there's that little bridge. So obviously something happened to their ship. The one that they went on with Thor because they got a new ship. Uh, right off the bat, they also say they bought nowhere from the collector. So the collector survived the snap. Well, I don't know if he survived the snap, but he survived Thanos initially. 
the last we saw the collector, the collector uh, was getting two-pieced by Thanos, and you thought that he died. Thanos burnt down nowhere to a crisp, and but it's a, you know it's a living organism. Uh, but they bought it from the, uh, the collector, so it's kind of interesting to see if that transaction takes place at some point. Um, what the collector's got in mind going forward, uh, and if the collector makes a comeback, we'd love to see the collector actually in the bigger Marvel universe. Uh, you know, going forward. So you get that. Uh, I think there's also a bit of foreshadowing. A lot of bit of foreshadowing. There's a sequence there where Mantis is talking to Drax. And then he says he hates stories where everybody lives. And I think that's a big foreshadowing for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, which the trailer just dropped. It looks good. They don't. I, can, I understand why when they dropped that Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer teaser trailer recently why they didn't drop it like two months ago when uh you know at the disney um i don't know what comic comment was because they really didn't show like literally nothing uh it's almost an absolute i mean you got to see your character you got to see the characters you got to see that gamora is back and there's actually a scene or two where she's hanging with the Guardians. Uh, looks like she's in jail. So it doesn't look like she's going to take up the mantle of Thanos, which I kind of thought. And then I thought, leading into it, they were going to be looking for Gamora. And essentially not find her because they were going to have to be looking for Thanos. After... Tony's snap, you know, she gets sent back to her time. And she takes up the throne, the mantle of Thanos, you know, where's her armor that's in, you know. I thought that's what that was that was the case, but apparently not. Uh you just see Adam Warlock, which kind of interested to see how powerful he is. You would assume he's beating the dog shit out of Nebula. Um, but again, they didn't show nothing. The, the, uh, the one thing that they did show now is they're going to have the high evolutionary in there and that is is uh, that's a doozy. I, I, I don't know if he's going to be the main villain. Uh, which I think he probably is, but I, I hope they do the high evolutionary right. Um, it's one of these characters that, you know, that's his whole goal is to just get things to be the, the top form. Uh, the high evolutionary plays a big role in a lot of shit. And I think he's been around a long time. So, uh, you got to see that. And it looks, it looks a little gritty. Like everybody seems to be having actual pain in the franchise. So, um, we also know that James Gunn is now leaving the Marvel Universe and heading over to DC. So this is his last baby, which I I kind of feel like, thank God. Um, I know a lot of people are like in love with James Gunn. I, th- I think a lot of people are in love with these directors, but um, 
the thing is, you come and you build a franchise, you take part of like three or four or five little projects, you build up a squad, and then you send them off. Um, the actors themselves, they, you know, there's all there's a lot of grumbling going on right now about the Marvel and their actors, and like Thor wants to do something new. If he does anything new again with Thor, he wants to, to be a whole different thing. He don't want to do the same thing over and over. Um, you know, I think you've heard it also from Chris Evans. You know, Captain America wants to do some some other stuff. Zoe Saldana is talking about doing some other stuff. Um, the actors get a little mental fatigued about it. Like, it's a lot of work, a lot of demands. You know, they build up the character. They play the character. They want to do some growth. They want to do other things as well. They don't want to just be doing the same thing. It's not a job for them. And acting is kind of... Act, acting and music is kind of one of those things where it is a job. That you do get paid for it. The more you do it, the more you get paid. But it's also one of these things where, like, be, you know, your creativity is what drives the art and how good you are. And you want to be kind of keep that creative and not just be, you know, a nine to five, so to speak. Uh, so there is a little grumbling as far as that. And I, and I think it's time if the Guardians do come back, you know, future films, the character, I think they're just going to pull the character. I don't know if they're going to get movies. Or maybe they could carry the movies on later on, you know, in another reality. Um, and that's fine. That you, As a Marvel fan, that's something you got to... That's one thing that I think Marvel is going to contend with over the next several years. Where does the story end? Where does the story end? And... You know, everybody get their final goodbyes. You get one last oorah out of everybody. And then end it. And then they get a pause for 10 years. Before you even consider rebooting the entirety from the jump. From beginning one. Um, there's no there's no uh, shortage of actors who would like roles and stuff. But some of these aged characters like Hawkeye... Uh, uh, Hulk, Thor, been around since the beginning, and you know, Guardians of the Galaxy, Ant Man, and like, what do you do? And the actors just don't want to really pick it up again and do it, and it's, it poses a big problem. But I think, as far as I see, Drac kind of foreshadowed that uh, there's gonna be a lot of deaths in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, so I'm not sure how people are ready for that. And I think Marvel has low key brought a lot of pain to Phase Four. And it's going to continue in Phase 5 as a little bit more serious tone takes place. And maybe everybody's favorite characters are going to start dying off or become immensely a lot of pain. Thor, a lot of pain. And I think that's one thing that they just touched on is a lot. Uh, Thor, Love and Thunder gets a lot of hate. But there are so many subtle little things in there that, yes, the direction was mostly comical, whimsical, fun. You know, it's kind of but there's subtle things in there deal with some major major uh topics you know thor they they nearly broke him again they've taken everything from him including his love um his heart uh gore took what was left of his and they he, it was just done um 
And how would you feel if they took if your father is gone, your brother is gone, your best friend is gone, your mother is gone, and then they take your girl from you as well, like, and they left Thor, he was left with nothing. Um, he's not even the he's not even the king of Asgard. Um, he's not he's nothing. I mean, and there's just that that subtle tone is in there as well, like. Um, and I think they're going to do that in Guardians of the Galaxy. They did that in Black Panther. They went for the jugular as far as that goes. And I think Marvel is now getting good at it. Um, how to say these farewells to certain characters. What it means going forward. Um, yeah. Aside from that, the, they, go and they do meet Kevin Bacon. Which, uh, there's a lot of holiday ch- cheer in the movie. Um, especially Christmas vibes. Um, you know, it takes place in and around Christmas. Uh, they go get Kevin Bacon, take him up to space. I think the biggest things that happen in there when they get to space is Kevin Bacon becomes aware of space. He's a space ranger. They Mantis then tells Peter Quill that she's his sister, and. You know, I think Peter, uh, too, was alone uh, searching his way through the galaxy. And, you know, lo and behold, Mantis is his sister. And, you know, that's a big thing because if either one of them die, you know, it'd be crazy. Uh, Rocket gets Bucky's arm, which I, I kind of want to know if I think that arm is vibranium. So I kind of want to know if they end up doing anything with it other than he just has it. Uh, I want to know maybe it's something that the collector gets his hands on. Uh, I want to know if that gets integrated into Rocket in like a suit or a weapon. Uh, be interesting. It'd be interesting to see that. It'd be interesting to see maybe they, they cut Drax's arm off and give him the Winter Soldier arm. That's something that Marvel would, would do. Maybe they give Peter Quill the Bucky's arm. You know, or maybe they'll give uh, Groot it. You know, who knows? Uh, but that'd be interesting to see as well. Maybe Gamora gets it. Or maybe Nebula gets the arm. Uh, but it might be that Nebula or Gamora does truly die once and for all. We'll see. Maybe that's where the high evolutionary comes in. Is Maybe one of them is dying and they have to turn to him to fix. Um, and that's when... Perhaps Gamora becomes the shade of Thanos that quite possibly could be. Um, but yeah, overall, the Guardians of the Galaxy specials—it's uh, like forty minutes. It's really good. It's really short. A lot of holiday cheer. Um, I'd recommend it. Probably give it like an eight out of ten. Uh, and I, and you got to compare it to the Werewolf by Night. Werewolf by Night is also about an eight out of ten. The only difference being. You don't know any of the characters that are in Werewolf by Night versus the Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, but it was great. It was a really good episode and uh, I got a special presentation and I liked it. I enjoyed it. I watched it now two or three times, so uh, I might watch it again as we get closer to Christmas. The songs in there are really good uh, and they kind of fit Disney's vibe. I actually think that that's something that Disney is not dark. It's made family entertainment. 
a little bit of adult stuff in there, but not too much. Uh, you get to see Black Widow in there, or somebody on Hollywood dressed as Black Widow. Also, Steve Rogers, and I think uh, Get Out Thor. Uh, that was kind of cool. I, I like to see that. Uh, Ant Man was in there as well, or not the Ant Man, but in Ant Man. Uh, that was cool. Overall, it's cool. So if you haven't seen it, I, I highly recommend watching it and, um, you know, take a, take a gander at it. Uh, well, that's it. Maybe in the next one, we will come back and talk Fate the Wing Saga and, you know, wrap that up. So I'll catch you guys later.